Welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in, uh, as you would expect, October, rainy Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, that's, you know, I'm from the Midwest, so I'm going to give you a weather forecast, a weather update every week. <laughs> that's just how we roll. I guess if you're from the West Coast, you have to you have to give a uh, how you got here today. Is that, that's the thing, right? Yeah, exactly. What, what, uh, the, what uh, highways did you take? Freeways, though, right? If you're West Coast. Yeah. Uh, how's the weather in Portland? You guys get this rain yet? 10 miles over? I took the living room to the breezeway room to the closet this morning. Um, was able to stay dry because I stayed inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's raining here, but yeah, that's, you know, Pacific Northwest. We're getting used to this. I've just, I really, my wife and I have been discussing how much we miss the cold fall bite in the air that, that we, uh, Got to experience in the Midwest, maybe waking up to a little frost on the on the grass in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely miss this part of the uh, part of the the fall season. The colors here are great, but the the cold air, uh, that briskness in the morning is is something uh, we definitely miss. Like a dry cold instead of this damp. Yes, yes. So yeah. when you, when you say it's a it's a little rainy in here, do you mean outside the house, or are you talking about the rain cloud cloud in the closet? situation where uh, it's always raining on you and you are grumpy it's, because it's of con- uh, Mourinho. Colin, it's constantly raining. Dan uh, Dan and I exchanged some texts yesterday about my general mood and uh, how, you know, his, uh, his son cries two or three times a day, which I asked, it must be nice um, to only cry two or three times a day. So that, you yeah. know, uh, that rain cloud is, is still there regardless of, of the weather outside. Gotcha, gotcha. Just want to make sure we know what we're working with here. Follows him around like it's a Peanuts cartoon. Yep, exactly. Uh, Colin Smith is in the swamp, and he's got the sun shining in on him. Like like if there was a movie and he was in the like confessional booth and God was speaking to him, that is the light hitting him right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that's how I feel when I podcast. I just feel like I'm you know, just a vessel for that it's- kind of... It's Dixie, it's Dixie Dean shining down on him. We know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, as as bright as I look right now, I, I got to apologize. Start off with an apology. Uh, I listened to the half of the pod um, on a run uh, earlier this week, half of last week's pod. And, you know, I, I got to apologize on the pa- behalf of uh, drunk Colin on Mars uh, to Ryan Palmer. Uh, I was just talking over you all last pod, interrupting you not letting you get a word in and, and, uh, you know, today I'm drinking water. So, uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit more, uh, courteous in my, in my podcasting. I mean, if you can only make through, make it through half of the pod, uh, I just feel so bad for our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long one. I had had enough with my own performance and I went actually back home and I put it on FIFA and I FIFA podcasted and beat (laughs) my performance so much worse. Uh, that apology is not accepted. That is the, the content that we deserve. So, uh, never apologize for your drunkenness. <laughs> like when you go in with a resignation letter and they don't take it. Yeah. We'll not accept. Nope. We'll not accept. Redraft this. We, uh, Mike is not here. Mike, we miss you. We'll get you back in here soon. But, uh, we got an email from Pedro. We're going to open with that. 
Um, Pedro sent us a link to a Twitter thread that has all the Premier League managers as um, like members of a school staff. Palmer, this is like your wheelhouse. This Take is this is so good. Uh, yeah, I spent all of Saturday morning trying to figure out like where I where I fall on this list. Um, some of my favorites: the uh, Scott Parker as like the new one that is a snappy dresser. But um, is already like people are worried that he's going to get fired, and Sam Allardyce is already in the in the background waiting to uh, to take his <laughs> position. Sam Sam Allardyce um, is listed in in there as like he's taught math or he's taught maths, uh, gym, music, uh, so <laughs> just just waiting to take those positions. Um, so I think I'm probably. A little bit of uh, Scott Parker because I, I dress very well and I also think I was gonna that say you right doing. out of college could definitely be the Scott Parker role. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. dressing for success, think... but you're like, okay, this is this is my strongest point here is the dressing for success. <laughs> uh, my I mean, other... that puts you solidly in a little bit of Soulshire, doesn't it? The class is on fire, the school's on fire, everything's on fire. He looks like he could cry. That... <laughs> well, maybe now, maybe now. Uh, yeah, now I feel like you're a little bit more of the, the experienced. Uh, you've been around the block, you know. You've taught a lot of different. You've taught some different subjects. You can handle I've yourself. Stayed, I've stayed in science at least. I've not. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean I you're not Sam Allardyce in, in psych, but um, I've stayed in science at least. I the other ones I really like are like uh, Brendan Rogers, uh, is like just an arrogant piece of shit that thinks he knows everything about uh, teaching and he's the smartest or he's the best teacher in the room and he loves a graphic organizer. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, oh, the like Roy, Roy Hodgson. Yeah, Roy like Hodgson is, is good. Uh, Bielsa is the professor. He doesn't really like the kids, but he loves the math. Yep. <laughs> but like the, you, you leave his class, um, you, you, you leave his class, class a, a boy, a, leave, a better, it, leave as a man. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That one is great. I think I think I might be a little bit Jose because I love a little banter in my class. Um, and like if you get on if you get on my bad side, there's really no coming back from that. So that's that's good. I like uh, the, in in the end, this all what we really learned from this uh, humorous Twitter thread is that like you're Jose. And the reason that, you know, makes me think the reason you don't like Jose is because you see too much of yourself in him. You're just like, oh, yeah, shit. maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. It's like there can only be one of us. So get off my turf. This the uh, I think I'm definitely Mikel Arteta. And here's here's the line. Can he teach? Question mark. Doesn't matter. Great on parents evening. Check. He's been the deputy <laughs> head of head of the department for a long time, trying to make a name for himself. Now he's. Now he's, uh, now he's, now he's get the top job. Um, I don't know what that means, but all of those things make sense until I, uh, trying to make a name for himself. Now he's get the top job. Um, now he's got the top job. I think it's now he's got the top job. I crush teachers conferences, uh, an open house night. I mean, it's, it's game over at open house. I really make (laughs) people think that, uh, I know what I'm doing. Um, which I don't, but you know, we're just all, you know, fake it till you make it. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of good ones in here. Graham Porter. That's so good. Uh, or Graham Potter, new new head of IT. He's been there for 18 months, hardly even noticed. <laughs> uh, there's, this is such a great uh, a great thread. Um, Thanks, Pedro. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Pedro's committed to trying to email every week. So if you, listener, want to compete with Pedro on a email the thread streaks. Yeah, George did, did a, maybe about four or five in a row. I think that's our, our record. Spence has also been there. He was there. on it for a while. Yeah. Mike, Mike Samuelson currently on two, two in a row. Good job, Mike. <laughs> uh, soccerthread at gmail.com. Uh, get at us with those emails. We love them. We love them. Even if they're just links to Twitter things. Uh, it's probably better to email us a Twitter thread than Twitter us a Twitter thread. Uh, much better yeah. chance of getting on the pod that way. Yeah. yeah. And if um, you if you want to add to what type of teacher you think I am, please by all means put it in there. Put it in there. <laughs> it is uh international break, so US isn't playing. We don't really care. I don't know. Uh I guess Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored for England, so that's a thing. What else is it Are these competitive games? Is it Nations League this week? I've been like it is yeah. fully checked out. Yeah, it's Nations League. We're we're gonna take that opportunity to shift back and talk about MLS, which is like full steam ahead, ex- except when teams are coming down with COVID. Um, so uh, let's catch back up on what's going on domestically. I think the big news this week we'll start here. Uh, DC United has been terrible. They've been ahead in a league game for something like thirty minutes total all year. Um, just really, really not going well for them this year and really hasn't been going well for them for, for years. They've been very mediocre. That has finally led to Ben Olsen being relieved of his duties as head coach and manager. Um, really wish we had Mike here, but Colin, can you pretend you're Mike? Give us a reaction to this. <laughs> Mike's uh, reaction to this is similar to my reaction to Everton's success. Uh, Mike is probably right now drinking with his shirt off uh, celebrating Ben Olsen's <laughs> departure. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is the most joy that DCU has given him in, uh, you know, probably almost 10 years. Um, so, uh, he's very, very happy about this. Uh, you know, he's got his flippy floppies on, he's getting his feet dirty. Um, I don't know what else I can say. He, I think he doesn't, uh, I wouldn't say he doesn't care about who the next manager is, but I think he's very excited to have, he will be very excited with any old manager. Probably uh, doesn't want it to be an MLS retread or the whatever the MLS version of of Sam Allardyce, the gym slash music slash math teacher. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think he's going to be. Who is that? Who is that in MLS? Who's the guy that just kind of comes in for every team that fires a manager? I don't, I don't know. know if there is one. I don't, I don't think there, there is one. one. Has there been? Is MLS old enough to have like these retread? I mean, Bruce Arena. I mean, there's a few guys, but they're all fairly successful, right? right. Like they've Caleb been Porter. Yeah, Caleb Porter. Um, Pareja's now managed a couple. Uh, Petkey's managed a couple. Mm, that's a good shout. Uh, yeah, Pet- Petkey might be Petkey's the right answer. Probably yeah. the right. Vermees maybe managed a couple too. Um, the issue is, is that Adrian there's Heath. no, there's no like, like Allardyce is like a, a a specialist, right? Like I, you don't go down, um, right? Yeah, he managed a special like level kind of of right, team. Right, right. Like Allardyce is going to come in and make sure that you know uh, your kids pass the SAT or whatever. Um, but there's no there's no threat of that in the MLS. So 
Right. Um, there's there's no reason not to just ride out the season with some you know assistant coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we don't see that yeah. kind of coaching carousel um, because of that. But I think Petke's a great shout. Was I don't think he'll be getting any more calls. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's done in this league. Uh, uh, never say never. I mean, what so, if DC uh, United brings in Sam Allardyce? <laughs> that would be amazing. Be amazing. What if it turns out Sam Allardyce is like an amazing attacking football tactical coach? Just uh, he just hasn't chance. found his level. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just needed the chance. God, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. There was, I mean, there was the like Premier League experience manager that came to Houston a few years ago yeah, and just did not work Coyle. out. Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle. Right. Nice pull. Yeah. Yeah, well done. I feel like... You know, that is very much on the kind of poolist level of uh, how that might go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not well. All, all the other stuff around it. Tony Poulis is not having that. Yeah. Just the traveling. No way. That was the big thing for him, too. He was like, I can't believe you guys do this to your players. We travel all all the time. This sucks. I mean, it, it definitely reminds me of the conversation we had last week about uh, Fulham and whether they'd be the top team in MLS. And it's like, yeah, they'd have... Uh, the deepest, right. most talented roster in a lot of ways, but the transition—it's—it's it's not uh, apples to apples exactly uh, with the transition of travel, and obviously, I think with the manager, it's also like uh, uh, all the rules of player acquisition and the different uh, different pressures and different strategies, kind of. So Benny Olsen out at DCU, uh, he'd been there 10 years, so truly an era, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, it's very unclear, but that was a, it's a club ready to kind of complete their transition. I think they had been playing in RFK, they got their new stadium, Audi Field or Audi Stadium, whatever it's called. Yeah, um, they're not, they're not playing Olsen, at, the, at the public pitch anymore. <laughs> they're, Sharing the field with the, the, the U-12. The, 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 yeah. Volleyball coach or volleyball team. Um, Palmer, what kind of manager? I mean, not Sam Allardyce, but like, do you think they need to try to essentially rebrand to finish this transition that they've been in, or are they just going to go find someone that's solid? Or like, what's the? If you were involved, what kind of strategy would you be looking for? Yeah, uh, I mean, as they find their next guy. I think what right now what you do is just ride the season out. And then you rebrand at the end of the at the end of the season, right? Like this uh, this season is over for them. Um, they are what twenty points out of um, out of fourth place. What they're ten, I guess nine points out of a playoff position. Is that right? Eight teams? No. Um, uh, I think that's right. Ten yeah. teams out of the East going. So it's yeah. I guess it's it's not over over but like i don't think that you're going to find the manager for the next 10 seasons um right now <laughs> uh so i think you just kind of ride the season out they're really really bad i guess they've they've dealt with some injuries as well but um i don't think that the 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 answer is not your your um long term manager is not going to be answered now uh, so ride the season out, rebrand, um, start a new season when, when, when we can have fans again, right? Like this season feels kind of like a wash anyway, given like COVID and all the, all the other shit that's happening. Um, 
So ride this out, figure it out next season, and you know wipe that the slate clean. I mean, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, I would say that it's like this is kind of maybe because of the weird timing of the season, or maybe it's it, this happens more often than I think about it. But uh, DCU now has this kind of nice opportunity where, like you're saying, they can just put in an interim guy and it doesn't matter or whatever. Just ride it out. There's no relegation. Fine. What is Eddie Pope doing right now? He's probably managing something somewhere. Um, but they also what they can do is poach like off of guys who are going to lose their jobs in Europe. Right. This is going to we're kind of entering prime. Lose your job. It's the beginning of the season. Your team's not faring well. Uh, so like I was just kind of happened to notice that um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but uh, who was the guy who was the manager of Nottingham Forest and had been really good with them. They started out this year. zero and four. And they fired him. And I don't really know if he's the next fit for DCU, but there's a bunch of guys like that that they can start looking at now and see if if they're one of them would be the right fit and would want to move to MLS. Um, this is like a Lamucci. Yeah, this is like a good time to pick up uh, guys. That seems like a great uh, transition for DC United. Actually, just find a find a failure coach somewhere else and bring them into <laughs> DC United. Well, I mean, it's a great idea. <laughs> I, I think what they need is not another MLS guy. Yeah. Right. Like Ben Olsen is, is kind of the epitome of like club legend, spent his whole career at DCU and then managing DCU. They need some new blood, like completely flip the system. Don't go get John Hackworth, who is, you know, a U.S. men's national team, youth national team guy, and then has managed an MLS and is back at that level. And, that's a guy who I could really see them going for um, and will not change anything about the club. Except if they think that he'll be able to build like a youth movement, right? That's, I think the two ways you go with this is somebody that can build a solid academy youth movement, bring through players, become that kind of mm-hmm. like what Philly's doing right now. Yeah. Or if he, you go for um, somebody that can be more like big splashy name. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not going to, yeah. whatever. So which of those can you go? If you're convinced maybe Hackworth can build something and do the academy thing, then maybe you go that way. He uh, he was hired by Philly to do the academy thing, and it didn't really work as far as producing guys who made an impact at the MLS level. Um, and then since, we've, since Philly has had Jim Curtin, they've done a lot better there. So I'm not saying that Hackworth didn't build anything that Curtin then capitalized in the next six years, but... The guys who came through well, Hackworth was there, did not. I mean, they're not guys you've heard of. Christian Hernandez and Zach Pfeffer. Like, they're not guys. They're guys who are out of football probably right now. So, Well, there you go. That is much more on DC United than we've done maybe ever. So. Well, they're they in the woods. They're coached once every 10 years. So They're in the woods. That. I think they, they, got a long, they got a long, yes. long road yes. ahead of them. So. Yes. Sorry, Mike. Best of luck. Um, Staying in the East, let's just do a kind of wrap up, like what's going on. Let's stare at the table. What's what's interesting here? There are, uh, most teams have played 16 games. There are about seven left, I think, something like that. Dan, I'm Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned how many games they've played. Given COVID and like the issues with COVID and the postponements and all that stuff, 
At this point in the season in MLS, we usually see that like some teams have five games in hand or and like <laughs> we can't trust the, yeah. the table. Yeah. Um, right. And for some reason, somehow, MLS has been able to figure out how to make this table, uh, like, make a little bit more sense and a little basically bit, readable. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It's like there's there's like less other competitions going on right now. So yeah, but uh, even then, it's just like there's never MLS has always been you can't trust the table until the last day of the season because they'll be like this team has three games in hand, this team has four games in hand, this team has this team has played all of their their matches yeah. so like it's a points uh, per game league it all, it's always points per game yeah exactly and this this table is it makes much more sense and a little bit more a lot more straightforward than any other mls table in any other season which is just like hilarious cuz they've been forced to make their schedule make sense so hopefully this is a they're able to do this for the for the future yeah maybe they realize that it's actually helpful to have People playing in each game week. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the top of the East is Toronto. Uh, Who knew? Palmer, this is... Yeah, right? I had no idea. I honestly had no idea. I also... It's been hard to follow sports just in general um, because all of them <laughs> are happening all of the time. So yeah. uh, definitely a, a, a sneaky Toronto FC. In, unless you're following Toronto FC and then you're like, oh yeah, they're great. Of course, yeah. Um, I just feel like I just had no idea. Along. I had no idea. No one's texting about Toronto FC. Nope. Um, are they, does anyone, Colin, I guess this question is for you. Are they just <laughs> doing their like Josie Altador and Michael Bradley thing? Or are they, uh, Very they've much got their no. new boy, yeah. AO, right? AO Akinola, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing well. I mean, obviously he had all those games or the, those goals in... Um, uh, MLS is back, which count counted as regular season games. So he has eight regular season goals, which is good. Um, leads the team, but really the player that leads the show there is Alejandro Pozuelo, who you may remember. Uh, but you know he's kind of grown into the league now, I would say, or whatever his maybe his role in the team rather than just the league. But he has seven goals and nine assists. The nine assists leads the league, and you know. Uh, Diego Rossi leads MLS with 12 goals. So seven goals is like good for sixth. He's not far back there either. So he is really running the show there and the reason they are so good. And then the rest of the lineup is, um, I would say guys who, I mean, they have some good players, but uh, guys who've been around the block in MLS, um, Nick DeLeon and Jonathan Osorio. And I mean, Josie's there. I, Josie's getting minutes or playing a lot. And Marky Delgado, guys like this are... Um, yeah, contributing a lot, Justin Morrow, but uh, yeah, it's it's the difference maker there. The reason they're the top is Pozuelo. They are they are just kind of cruising, very impressive. Uh, quietly, uh, you know, one nil, two one, one nil, three one, two two draw, two one. They're not like blowing teams out, but they're they're getting wins. Yeah, and a really nice comeback awesome. win against the Union uh, last week. So, way to go, Toronto. Way to get there. Speaking of the union, they continue. I mean, we've talked about them a little bit. Yeah. Um, Colin, that that is your team. Um, they've got Aronson. Well, I forget his first name now. Brendan. Um, they locked up the, or he locked up his transfer, right? He's headed off in January. That's right. To RB Salzburg. To re- reunite with Jesse Marsh, who could have been, could have been the Sam Allardyce of MLS, but he wanted to go into bigger, better things. You can't really understand why, but 
yeah, I think, I mean, in the end, uh, I think I thought Aronson could go to the Bundesliga and instead he's going to the Austrian Bundesliga where he will get a lot less week in, week out challenge. Um, but, you know, it, it's still good for him to to go play potentially in Champions League and um, just get new experience, challenge himself on that level. I like this move a lot for him. I don't think we've talked about this on the pod, but going to a squad with an American manager who came out of MLS, um, it's a little bit lower level, obviously, like you said. Um, the Austrian Bundesliga, maybe most of the teams you could kind of put on an MLS-like level. Like it, it oh, may not sure. be a huge step up. Um, but it's in Europe. It's a place that he has a really high chance of succeeding. I think not only because it's a level that he'll, he should be comfortable at, but also because the, the management has clearly taken an interest in, uh, American development and the manager will have no kind of anti-American bias. The language of the manager will be easy. Like it just sets up really nicely for him. I think I like this move a lot for Aronson. Yeah. Um, I would say to your point, RB Salzburg out of teams in Austria, you know, we see this this kind of mentality probably in the Eredivisie a little bit or a lot maybe. And people talk about it in MLS about wanting to be a stepping stone league and having that be like, okay, and you can be successful club being a stepping stone club. Um, most teams in Austria don't have the financial resources to basically pull that off. And they are just full, their roster just stocked of Austrian guys, kind of MLS, whatever, 1.0, yeah, right, you, you right. know, version. Um and then RB Salzburg is very different, very international roster, like a lot of guys from Africa, but all these guys are young and, and the club sees them as, you know, not investments, stepping yeah, investments. Stone. This guy's not going to be here for 10 years. Um, if they're signing a guy from, from Ghana, right They're they're expecting him to do well and be sold on to probably the Bundesliga, quite frankly, in two years or whatever. And then we'll do it again. And so for Aronson to be on that path, you know, obviously not all those guys could succeed, but um, it's, it's a proven uh, pipeline kind of situation. So he's going to have a shot. I like that for him. Um, the union are quite good. No real superstars like Bedoya, I don't think is carrying this team this year. He, he's playing his part, but he's cool. not, um, you know, it's not on his back. Aronson, obviously good, but actually not carrying the team either. I don't think you would say. Um is this he's their best player? So Aaron, he's their best player. Yeah. Super producer Cliff is going to be angry with this Philadelphia Onion slander, but continue. I'm not. No, I'm trying to build up. I'm trying to build up and say like this actually feels like something that they have that's stable, right? Like you can get rid of your best player and you're going to be okay. Like maybe you don't have that best player, maybe you're not second in the league next year, but you could still be fourth, or you've got another guy coming through or whatever. Like this actually feels like a Union team that could could ride this for at least a few years. Um, yeah. uh, it, Colin, is that how you feel? Yeah. And I feel like, uh, Aronson, like there's a big crop of guys who came through maybe in the same, uh, general age group as Aronson through their Academy. Um, maybe five or so of those guys. And Mark McKenzie is probably the only other name who's going to get him, who could potentially move to Europe. And the other guys are probably going to be, Jonathan Osorio's or whatever, like solid MLS guys who like you'll want on the roster who can start right, games right. like Matthew Real is one of those. Um, Anthony Fontana seems like he'll be one of those. Um, so I, I think that's a good thing, basically, is what I'm saying. And you will have that stability. And yeah, we'll need to bring in 
you know, we'll need to bring the union will in two years need to bring in a player to replace Il Sino and uh, yeah, Aronson will be gone. But I think um, they've shown that they can do that with the amount of spending that they're willing to take on. Um, and like you're saying, they're, they're having the success basically without a standout DP. Bedoya is a very good captain, but like you said, he's not, he's not uh, stirring the drink there. I mean, I, we should give a shout out to Ray Gaddis, who clearly carries this team. Uh, just an absolute standout outside back. Been there uh, forever. Best in the league. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Tony Hibbert super of produce- the Tony Hibbert of MLS for sure. <laughs> super producer, super producer Cliff's favorite uh, player. Yeah. So got to give him a shout. Got to yep. give him a shout. Um, other players at the top of the East, Colum- or other players, other clubs, Columbus, Orlando, make out your top four. And then you've got New York City, New York Rebels, Chasing. Um, anything particularly? I mean, Orlando, I guess, is back. Pereja there. They continue to be pretty good. Um, Palmer, anything about those clubs that are worth I mentioning? I mean, here's... <laughs> I don't know if this is just me trying to make something out of nothing, but... If you think about the I mean, the clubs that I mean, this is a podcast, so we have to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, we, if, <laughs> if you think about the the top four clubs in both the East and the West, right? Uh, Philadelphia had success in the MLS, MLS back is, is back tournament. Columbus looked really good in the MLS is back tournament. Orlando FC went to the final in the MLS is back. Uh, I can't. I don't think Toronto went that far, but. Um, if you scroll down to the to the west, Seattle, Portland, Sporting KC, and Minnesota, all relatively successful in the MLS's back tournament. Uh, are we seeing a connection here? I don't know. Turns out Maybe. that was that was worth something. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out that wasn't just a preseason tournament. Right. Like we, um, I mean, Timbers. We'll get onto the Timbers, but you know, we talked about how meaningless that was that trophy, but possibly not. Possibly not. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at like the teams that struggled, right? Like Atlanta was shit in the MLS's back tournament. LAFC was not very good, and LAFC is He's still uh, not very you know, good. They're still struggling by their a standard, little bit, right? Definitely struggling. Yeah, um, yeah, by their standard for sure, they're struggling. So, I, is there a connection? I don't know. I mean, there is a, a some a bit of a forced correlation, at least because most of those games actually counted towards the regular season. So, if right. you were good in MLS Cup. Or MLS is yeah, back, but it's whatever. only two. Right. It was like two games out of the sixteen they played. A bit of a forced correlation. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 not totally independent here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I get your good. It's a good point. The one thing I'd like to shout out here is we got a, a listener email a long time ago now, probably two years ago, um, from Jeff Swick, who at the time alerted us to Chris Mueller, who was playing for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yep, and uh, he is now leading the line or leading the attack for Orlando. And he has seven goals and six assists, which in the shortened season, that's a lot. Um, Both lead the team for Orlando. And of those seven and six, two are game-winning goals and four are game-winning assists. That is not only is he, you know, scoring in in buckets, but he's really doing it at the, you know, most important moments and and the difference maker the difference to you know being there in the table whatever in the top four and hanging on to the playoffs probably so so what forged, you're saying forged is, under the floodlights of the McClyman soccer center it's a beautiful thing to see <laughs> what what you are saying colin is that jeff swick should be dc united's next coach uh, he should at least be their upper midwest scouting 
uh, <laughs> representative. Yes. Talent. Uh, that is, that's lovely. Up the Badgers. You love to hear it. You love yep. to see it. Um, and he came through the super draft, which I mean, now we're just totally off the rails. We have no run order, but like <laughs> super draft, you know, bringing along uh, players that are not only contributing, but like leading the line for top, uh, you know, top four teams in the East. The, the um, Soccer Friend podcast, there. the only podcast that references an email that was written two years ago. <laughs> and then goes on a tangent about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Chris Mueller, there, there it is. Um, I think the other interesting thing, and we'll do this for the West next, but okay, there's your top. Some interesting stuff. The bottom, Atlanta's in ninth place. Inner Miami, um, a lot of splash around them. They are below the playoff line. They're in eleventh place. Um, and then the three worst teams: Chicago Fire, FC Cincinnati, DC United. I think they were your uh, yeah, those locked picks. in relegation teams yeah. from the beginning, right? They were always there. Been trying um, to relegate them for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's harsh on Cincinnati. They've only been around a couple of years. Two, two, two years in Cincinnati's case. <laughs> Send them back to USL. Um, Atlanta, I, well, they just got rid of their coach too. They're maybe riding it out. Yeah. Is there any concern around Atlanta losing their super club status, Palmer? Oh, I would say no. I mean, their biggest star, Joseph Martinez, is out with an ACL injury, and he was out at the beginning of the season uh, almost in like the first or second game. So... Uh, and then they had Defraud as a manager. There's, they've been in some turmoil this season. Um, so I think that they're also, as uh, DC United is looking forward towards the end of the season. I think Atlanta is is looking forward to getting their crowd back. Right. I think that that has a big influence on that team. Um, so yeah. I mean, again, weird season. Um, so it's just really the teams that are able to uh, kind of deal with that. Do you think that like because this is such a weird season and they're playing these games um, in front of minimal, if not zero, uh, crowd, does it highlight the managers a little bit more? Um, and like, does does that separate? Does I, for lack of a better term, does the cream rise to the top because of that? Um, where they don't have like those, you know, the crowd to ride is Gio. What I'm trying to get to is, is Gio Savarisi a great manager? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I, I think you d- definitely see the erosion of home field advantage. Right. Um, so that is an equalizer of, of sorts. I don't know if it really makes, puts it more on the manager, or puts it more on the players. Um, but a team like Atlanta, who has a very strong home field advantage, Portland probably as well. Um, you know, they're not going to get that intimidation factor or whatever um, playing at home. Uh, I would say as far as their super club status, they did just sign Marcelino Moreno um, about two weeks ago from Lanús in the Argentine first division, 26 year old center mid $7 million. Like this is a mat for MLS, a big signing, right? Uh, player in the in the, yeah, the prime of his career from you know had who had been successful there. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there much has changed. Lanús, famous to Portland Timbers fans, that's where v- Valeri came from, and we've gone back to that well multiple times. So that is a <laughs> that's a club 
that I mean, frankly, it fits the profile of what MLS teams should be going to. I think it, like South American, um, fairly successful club, but maybe not you know Boca or or somewhere where you're gonna pull super expensive players. Um, that's that's great. Uh, I think it's good, but a, a familiar club yeah. to uh, Portland Timbers fans. Uh, Inter Miami just picked up Federico Higuain from where was he most recently? He was at the Crew DCU. forever, but he was at DC United. Uh, he's now 35. He joins his brother Gonzalo, who's obviously there, uh, who's 32. Everyone trying to do a chara chara brother brother uh, yeah. hookup. Love to see it. Um, it's really a family league, you know. It's going back to its roots with soccer yeah. moms and brothers yeah, brothers exactly. playing soccer Higuain's together. Mom is driving them in a minivan to uh, to all the Inter Miami games. Yeah, making so buddies good. for everybody. <laughs> Did they, have these guys ever played together, Palmer? Gonzalo and uh, Federico. Federico. They're, I mean, Three maybe not professionally. Prime. This yeah. isn't a real, yeah, this isn't like a, a professional soccer question necessarily, like yeah, testing no, your trivia, a, but like, would they have ever, like, growing up, or is this the first time you think they've ever really been on the field trying well, to feed each other? What is their assists? age difference? Three years. Uh, I bet they've played on the same team for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that that gap is not huge, and you could see one of them. The younger one maybe playing up if the younger one I don't yeah. know which one if is the younger, younger one's one is Gonzalo older. Higuain like he's right. probably yeah. doing pretty well yeah 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 exactly so uh, that's I true. bet they've yeah. played I bet I've I've bet they've played played together it's the same situation too like probably with the first time they played together it was like Federico's team and Gonzalo played up and was like they were like oh dude your little brother's like way fucking better yeah. than you are yeah exactly and now like <laughs> Federico's been in this league forever and then Gonzalo comes here and everyone's like wow. He's way better than you. We thought you were good, but this guy is way better than you. Yeah, I don't know if Diego and Jimmy have ever played together because Diego seems so much older than Jimmy. So <laughs> That's just his game. He seemed like the oldest player on the team for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to the West. Seattle Sounders on top in the West. Um, they, to me, a little bit also like Toronto, a little kind of quiet. Like, you know, they're doing well, but... I'm not sure if Colin's looking at me like I'm crazy. Maybe it's just because I hate them and I don't follow their scores yeah, every week. I was going to say, their goal difference is the best in the league yeah, by pretty far. Yeah, uh, they're Best in the West 20. by a million. Yeah, they are really good. Uh, and they're the same group of guys uh, largely as they have been, and they're doing the same things, uh, being very successful. Like People are talking about Jordan Morris's and MLS MVP candidate. Yeah. Yeah. So and okay, then never mind then. And then like you can there's a I think uh Ladero and um what's his name? Rudy Rudiaz. I don't know how to pronounce Raul. Rui Diaz. Yeah. 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 Uh they have multiple uh guys who could be winning awards kind of situation. So uh yeah, not I mean, sneaking up on anybody from my perspective. I think the reason why Dan might be uh a little like unimpressed by the Sounders is we think that Timbers suck and every single Seattle Sounders Timbers game, Timbers either, either won or they have like pressed Seattle to the limit. Uh, I think they've split games. Seattle's won one and, and Timbers. I think won that's one. right. Um, and both games have been really, really great. Uh, but I would expect Timbers to lose that game every single time. Um, but Timbers, 
might might be better than we think. So, but Seattle's is very good. The goal differential is insane. They are plus 20, 34 goals for 14 against. Um that is that's a that's a that's not bad. Yeah. Um they are on Two points per game have 30 points total. Toronto on 2.13, 34 points total. Uh, so Toronto, I, I assume, is leading the Supporters Shield race. <laughs> I don't know what the like what the Supporters Shield rules are this year, but uh, looks like Toronto just above Seattle for uh, for top spot right now. In the West, uh, Portland in second place, place three points behind Seattle, and then. Um, Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota United rounding out the top four. Uh, Palmer, I know you want to talk a little bit about uh, Portland. Do you think they're good? I mean, we keep winning matches. I don't. I I feel like they are right now. Their style of play is we're going to try to score more goals than you. Um, we don't have a lot of defense. We are shipping goals, but we're scoring a lot. Thirty-three goals for. 27 against um that's a lot of goals to give up we're kind of playing like san jose earthquakes who either it works and I you mean, can score and uh you can outscore the other team or it doesn't work and you just get scored on uh, a ton the the goal difference swing between timbers at plus six and san jose at that's, negative 16 but that's my point right it could work it could definitely work, I and right now okay. it's working this year for Portland. I don't think it's a sustainable... If you're on the correct edge. Exactly. It's not a sustainable uh, style of play, and I don't think I don't think the Timbers right now are playing sustainably. Uh, the amount of goals that they're giving up a game. I mean, they're scoring a ton. They're scoring a ton, but at some point those goals dry up, right? Uh, and if you can't figure out how to shore up the back, then um, it's you're going to lose. You're going to lose some games. So. Especially in those like yeah. kind of playoff, a little bit more cagier games. Um, I mean, you want the MLS is back up. Like, you want to talk about a knockout team. Like, if the goals are, if, if you're in a good run, run of form and the goals are coming, you can win a tournament. You did yeah. it two months ago or whatever. Yeah, without, I'm pretty sure they did not shut out anybody in the MLS is back uh, tournament either. So, no shutouts, still able to win. Um, I think part of this for the Timbers is that they haven't really gotten a good run of games out of their preferred center back pairing. Uh, so that will help a lot. Mabiala and um, Zuparic have not played a lot together. Um, so that I don't know to be worried about this or not. If it's a management thing, right? Like try to get these guys some reps. Uh, but also Mabiala's dealt with some uh, injury stuff, so maybe give getting him some rest is good. Uh, but I I think. There is hope that that defense comes together a little bit in the running. I mean, I've um, I've been impressed. See. Valeri has had a insanely good year, right? Um, yeah. Especially with with Blanco going down with a knee injury. Um, Williamson, a young kid you love and has been fantastic. Continues to, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know the the partnership between Diego and Jimmy Chara have has been really successful. So like, um, when when Blanco, Blanco went down, it was like, oh, God, that's the season. Uh, but they really just kind of, you know, reloaded, really, um, which has been been pretty nice to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, keep it moving down the West, LAFC, Dallas, San Jose. San Jose is a weird one. They've looked terrible. Uh, and then 
they tick off three in a row. Um, Colin, I was going to ask back when we were talking about Ben Olsen, who's the next manager to go. And a few weeks ago, that would have been Almeida for sure. But, yeah. Uh, what like what's going on there? I guess he's saved his job at least for now. At least for now, it sure seems like it. I mean, I can't imagine them firing him uh, if he maintains them in a playoff spot, given like the lack of resources they spend on players. Um, they have to be happy with a, a playoff spot. So, uh, yeah, he's not going to get fired if they make the playoffs, but um, I wouldn't say that that's a sure thing either. Um, there are numerous teams in the West that are underperforming right now. Um, LA Galaxy in last place, probably chiefly among them, but uh, they're in, in no uh, position to be comfortable. Uh, just below San Jose Earthquakes, Colorado Rapids, who, going back to the points per game, have significantly better points per game, but have played three fewer games yeah. because uh, they haven't been able to play because they've got players testing positive for COVID. Yep. Um, we also now, the Columbus Crew game this week uh, was canceled or postponed, I guess. They have two staff that tested positive. Um, Minnesota United have two cases among the players. Um, Palmer, what, like... What does this mean for the these teams? What does it mean for the the league? How does this like? It's all bubbling back up, right? Well, I mean, because that's that's what's going to happen, right? Like the the virus is still out there. Hello, um, and there are going to be cases. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, it's just it kind of it just kind of brings to light how silly all of this is trying to play sports and have people in stadiums and uh, you know, we're seeing this happen with, with the NFL and um, it's the pandemic is not over. We're still in the middle of it. And um, it's hard to kind of wrap your head. Like I, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, and I love talking about sports, but like this is a bigger issue than sports, and the fact that we're still continuing to play these games, and um, the the discussion is not about um, how do we protect humans during this pandemic. It's more like, well, how do we protect the integrity the of game. the league and the integrity yeah. of the sport and yeah. the integrity of of the table, um, which is just like. It's ass backwards, and it's one of the reasons why this pandemic is never going to go away uh, in the U.S. at least. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's fucking frustrating. But I'm part of the issue too because I'm watching these sports and I'm talking about the table and I'm talking about how good Portland Timbers are. Right? Um, it's still just I. You need something to live for, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I need to turn the um, the rain cloud down to just a sprinkle every once in a while, but yeah. Um, it's just yeah. Just take, it, it's take one of your cries. You know, yeah. some, you, sometimes you got to let it out. <laughs> it's been a, it's, it's been, been yeah. expected. That's the whole thing, and it's like the fact that we're like, well, we are expecting people to get COVID, this deadly disease. Yeah, um, that we don't fully understand. We're just going to try to limit it. Yeah, so yeah it's, just, it's yeah. insane. It's just insane. it's just like when they get it, how do we handle that and and, right. and quarantine them? And yeah, 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 it's it's stupid. I mean. It's also like a question of, uh, you know, would these players... So if, you, if you're worried about player safety, it's like how much 
better off would they be if they weren't playing like you know it's not like they'd be at zero zero risk right just going about their lives right some of them would get covid right just by the numbers Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know what it'll end up being but say like one in a hundred people at the end of that by the end of 2020 ends up with covid like are really how what's the is it one out of 100 mls players also and and then you're saying okay there's no extra risk um probably not but you know you should take that into consideration basically and the like and the rhetoric behind it all is like you know uh this these teams were not respecting covid um regulations and like they should be punished and they should be forced to forfeit like i understand that but also it's a fucking virus like it the the point is like the only thing that you can do to make sure that you don't catch it is to continue lock to yourself do, in a closet like, lock yourself in a clo- like don't play games right don't travel don't see all like the yeah. the the circles of these players you would think are really small right because they don't see a ton of players or they don't see a ton of people right but it's not just them it's the staff in the building it's the people that are serving them food it's the it's just all of these people the circle and it's their family like they're and all their going families, home, right? they're right? not exactly. in a bubble so like yeah. yeah exactly and so i i hate the like particularly the talk in the nfl around like the tennessee titans who are continue to have issues with uh covid in their team but like uh tennessee hasn't been great the the state of tennessee hasn't been great with like social distancing and and the uh, regulations around that so it's not the team's fault it's it's like right. bigger than that, yeah. right? It's a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Uh, they exist so. in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. 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 Yeah. So. Well, that makes it really hard to ask follow-up questions about how the schedule is going to work out when you've got all these canceled <laughs> games. Because who cares? Like, it doesn't, it's like. Yeah. And well, so maybe I'll ask it. Colin, uh, the schedule's, I think, pretty tight. Uh, Colorado's three games behind now and counting. Who knows when they'll get to play games. More teams dropping out. Uh, at some point, the validity of the competition, just in terms of how you stack the table up and who's played how many games and, and who's played who, like balanced schedules in MLS are always, uh, you know, yeah, this not is a weird really question. existent. But. Exactly. This is a weird question because this is MLS, baby. We make up the rules as we go. Always have. <laughs> always have around player, like player transfers and stuff like right. that, whatever. Yeah. Allocation orders, TAM, GAM, DPs, right. how many of those you get. Uh, it's MLS. Make up the rules. So... Just give them some gam for some tam, and we'll make yeah. it up. It's fine. You want to be in the playoffs? You got to pay some gam, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think it'll end up just being. I honestly, what I think will happen if there's no, I, I haven't looked at the schedule and figured out if Colorado can make the games back up, or you know, you don't have a crystal ball to say who's going to get COVID and who's not um, in the next month or so or whatever. But uh, if it's not, if it's not there, they'll just say, okay, points per game, you're in, you're out whatever this is the date cutoff date so um that'll just be how it goes like you said it hasn't been a it's not a balanced schedule league as it ever so it is what it is god i would love the points per game thing that would be so because colorado would be in yeah uh and then like a team like san jose would would possibly see themselves drop out um if they don't win a couple more games or whatever but like yeah it's I mean, Colorado on points per game is above Minnesota United, who is currently in fourth place. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious, but 
know, fuck it. Just a mess. Just Tam and <laughs> Tam and Gam and DPs. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, if the point is just to continue to play games to get that TV money and provide entertainment or whatever, like your rationalization is, then just like who cares? Like yeah, as long exactly. as there's something, two teams on the field, right. go play. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That is your MLS wrap up. That's uh, take it for what it's worth, which is you know I think we're coming down on the side of not much, but it's soccer and we're watching it. <laughs> and we have uh, a podcast, so we got to talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing going on in Europe that we care about. So uh, MLS, it is. Uh, final words, Colin. That's all I got. Palmer, I'm good. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Bye, Wear guys. A fucking mask. With no Keevan here, the, the claps are on point. Now we're just totally off the rails. We have no run order. It must be nice um, to only cry two or three times a day. Now he's got the top job. I think it's now he's got the top job. Do you want to be in the playoffs? You got to pay some gam, baby. And we have a podcast, so we got to talk about things.